On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win over the Detroit Pistons, get a little bit closer to that number three seed in the playoffs, and looking back at the Pistons with Cade Cunningham sort of give us flashbacks to Luka Doncic's rookie year. Did the Mavericks build the right way, or is their offense doomed? Will it work? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where thank you, everybody, for helping us get to 12,000 subs. We appreciate every single one of you. There's still more that are not subscribed, but we appreciate those that are. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The Pistons, Prince, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I don't have anything for you. No. Oh, <laughs> you, first if, time ever. So one, one more thing. One less thinking. <laughs> if you listen to this pod and you're not subscribed, what's holding you back? What's <laughs> yeah. holding you back? Do we need to have... What can I do to get you in a, in a Lockdown Mavs podcast subscription today? Do we need to have a moment? Take some money off the MSRP, huh? <laughs> Can I invite you into a moment? And <laughs> <laughs> Should I get the guitar? It's in the corner. <laughs> so, somebody tweeted at us the other day saying we need another altar call for something. I'm like, hey, don't don't tempt it. You, you can't tempt the spirit. <laughs> um, so the Mavs get the win over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, when the Mavs, it depends on how you feel. Did the Mavs need that win? I don't know. Some people seem to think that, no, some of you listening seem to think if they don't beat teams they're supposed to beat, then it's a a really bad sign. And then also trying to get to the number three seed, trying to keep home court advantage. The Mavs even mentioned home court advantage a couple of times, but the Mavs went 131 to 113 in large part to their second half just jolt. Uh, They scored 66 Mm. points in the second half, went 10 of 15 from three in that second half, so scored half their points from three. Uh, and the Mavs hit well from three, and then they end up winning the game. Luka Doncic and uh, Jalen Brunson combined for 50 points. Luka had some incredible passes in this game. 14 oh. assists for Luka. He's really trying. He's really trying to pad those assist stats. It seems like, uh, and just really going for going all out. But looking at these two teams, we we noticed on Twitter there's a couple of, of Pistons media people that we follow, uh, Lazarus Jackson and our guy Kuka Hill, locked on Pistons host. We mentioned a couple of them. I noticed a few more talk about how the Mavericks building around Luca and the Mavericks offense around Luca was striking to them. Like, oh man, the Mavs really ask Luca to do everything. Oh, the, the Mavs offense is just Luca and nothing else. Oh, the Mavs asked Luca to do so much. This offense is gross. And it made us think about Cade Cunningham, right? Because that, that's that's what they're looking at right now. Cade yeah, Cunningham. and they specifically, like even even Koo, friend of, friend of the pod, Koo, friend 100%. of the network, and part of the network, Koo. Koo is like, I hope they don't build this way around Cade. And, you know, they're looking at it of we have this young star on the horizon, young playmaking point guard, bigger point guard. So you can kind of see the similarities of, you know, Cade to Luca. And it, it it was kind of striking just watching or seeing you know a couple of these guys that really respect on the on Detroit you know beat beat Potter or whatever we want to say it they're like hey we don't we don't want to you know we don't want our team to look like this we don't want Cade to have I hope the Pistons <laughs> don't build around the Cade like this like hey 
it's sometimes it's just the way it goes, <laughs> you know. Like you try something with the Porzingis trade, doesn't work out. You you, know, you try to go go all in for Giannis, it doesn't work. And uh, you can't always just get like you know another offensive piece next to next to your star player that uh, is worth them that star player giving up the usage and the possessions that makes the offense a little bit more pleasing to the eye, possibly. Yeah, and so I think there's two sides that I felt when I when I saw something like that. I'm like, oh wow, they really don't like this system. You know, they don't like how Dallas is doing this with Luca. What's my how do I feel about that? And I think I think I look at it from two different angles. I think there's one side as a Mavericks fan that says you really can't argue too much with it because we don't. It's not like we have a ton of playoff success to say it works. We have to wait to see if they go on a finals run and or they go on a, a conference finals run with this heliocentric offense, Luca running the show the whole time, doing the pick and roll, finding and orchestrating everything, and they go on this big run, then we could be like, hey, well, it got us to the conference finals because we have a top five guy in Luka Doncic. But we really can't say that now because we haven't seen it really happen. And so, but the other side of it, I look at it and I say, well, what else do you want? Like when you have a guy that is a top five guy of Luka Doncic, you you don't really want the ball of his hands sometimes, but we've been saying on this power, like, Hey, we need another second guy. We need Bring another creator. creator. Yep. So in a way I agree with them, but also I think it's way easier said than done. Whenever it's a fan base that has a young guy and it's like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get him help. Okay. We ha- we have time. Well, we're in year four of Luca. We still really haven't found the second creator guy next to him. Maybe we're hoping Brunson did what he could be an all-star level. Guy yes. Like that. And an all-star guy. I mean, look at early LeBron years. It wasn't Booby Gibson that was doing that for him, okay? You know, how, oh, how Williams long... was an all-star, Isaac. <laughs> oh, Williams. He put up 50 points in the game. But it took, you know, LeBron getting... <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, LeBron didn't win his first title until what? He had an all-star elite second perimeter guy alongside of him in Dwayne until Wade. Until he was humbled by J.J. Barea. And then... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty true. But that's it. It's just, I think it's easier said than done, you know, of like, hey, I hope we build differently around them. It's like, I don't think they're building that bad around Luca. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot easier, you know, a lot harder to find a second creator guy to take the ball, to give him a break than it, you might think it is. And you start looking at the numbers around the league. Like, yes, Luca does have the ball in his hands a ton and does a ton. And the, it, it all rises and falls on Luca. Luca's. Luca led led the league last year in usage percentage. Usage percentage is an advanced stat that shows you how often the the possession ends with that player. Whether they you know they they shoot, they score, they get fouled, they you know they pass or an assist, like all that kind of stuff. It, it pass it basically runs around that player. Usage percentage. Luca's usage percentage last year was thirty six and led the league. Thirty six percent of the time the possessions ended with Luca. This year it's up to thirty seven percent, so it's even up higher. But Luca doesn't lead the league this year. Luca's at 37. Joel Embiid is at 37. Uh, Giannis is at 35%. Trey Young's at 34%. Paul George at 34%. John Morant's at 34%. Donovan Mitchell at 33. LeBron at 32. Booker at 32. Tatum at 32. DeRozan at 32. Jokic at 32. Durant at 31. Like all these Curry at 32. Uh, Jalen Brown even at 30%. Like all these guys in the NBA now. It's the way that it's the way that the game is built to where. It's all gonna. It's all run through these guys because guess what? The best option for most teams is for their best player to handle the ball and do th- right, and do the most things, right? Especially if 
the, you know, you have better rest than ever before. You have better, you know, recovery than ever before. These guys can take the load. They don't have to just take possessions off on offense unless you're LeBron, unless you're Le- LeBron James sometimes and you're like 37 years old. But these guys can, you know, these guys can do that. And it's the best option for their team. And so part of it is, yeah, would the Mavericks like to add somebody else? But the the Celtics have you know, Jalen Brown and, and Tatum's usage percentage is only like five percentage points off of Luca's. Like it's not that far off. It's like a couple more possessions a game. He finishes and then he's up right up there with Luca and he has Jalen Brown next to him. So it's just interesting to see like, oh, they should build their team around better. But everybody's kind of doing that. Even like, you know, Embiid, who has other guys that can handle the ball. And Giannis has Middleton and Drew Holiday all season and his percentage usage percentage is still way high. Yeah, and and I think it I think it looks a little bit different for Luca because he's bringing the ball down the court. You know, an yeah. Embiid, a Tatum. You know, these guys they're like not the touch, really the touch time, the like time of possession looks more for Luca. Yeah, so that's what makes it look a little bit different. But time will tell. You know, it's not like we can go to that and and like a going full circle to that. It's not like we can go to him and be like, hey, well. You know, the Mavericks, they got it right. You know, look what we've done. We've won this. We've made it this far in the playoffs. I think they built just fine. We really can't say that yet. We have to wait and see if this does work, you know, moving forward. Yeah, you look at the time of possession. And uh, like Luca, Luca is at 9.4 minutes, leading the league in the NBA, time of time of possession. Giannis, same, same you know, usage percentage. Giannis is all the way down at 4.5 <laughs> minutes per game. Like, it's just... Uh, it's just Embiid's not even on the first page. Like Embiid is less than four minutes, uh, you know, of touch time. So it just looks different when, when Luca has the ball in his hands a lot and he is isoing a lot and he's, he's doing a lot of things in the offense. Um, the ball ends and with him just as much as it does some of the other stars in the NBA. So and it takes somebody really, really good for you to be willing to do that. Like right. if, if, you know, Detroit goes out next year and signs Dennis Smith Jr., again and there's like hey that's who we want to run next to you know Cade it's like well no you're not gonna no you you want Cade to have the freaking ball so Killian now that they drafted high and they're still having Cade run the you know run the ball all the time yeah so that's why it's just it's so hard to find that second perimeter guy that is is good enough not just for you to want him to kind of give the your star player a little break but also where your star player thinks they're good enough to say let me defer a little bit. And I mean, Luca does that with Brunson and them guys, but we got to see if it works on the biggest stage. And Luca runs the offense, right? He can, he can make a yeah. decision to where he defers to Brunson, defers to Dinwiddie. He runs the offense. So some of it's on him too. It's not all just on the Mavs saying, Oh, we got to put this entire burden of this offense on Luca, right? It's on Luca. He makes the decision. Jason Kidd is not Rick Carlisle. He's not out there calling every single play and <laughs> decide, deciding what is happening on every possession. Coming up, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about where the Mavs, uh, how the Mavs played well. Jalen Brunson played a really, really good game. We'll talk about him. Josh Green is on a really good run right now. He got the podium game, so we'll talk about him. Yeah, he did. And more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including the Masters. Isaac, you putting some money down on Tiger Woods? Negative, not at all. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I will either. They have I don't a couple do golf. of they have a couple of NBA. I don't know anything about golf. They have a couple of NBA specials. Lakers next head coach. You ready for these? Oh, give me Doc Rivers. Dave Fiz, David Fisdale plus three hundred. Quinn Snyder plus four fifty. Doc Rivers plus four seventy five. Nick Nurse plus six hundred. Mike Brown plus seven hundred. Mike Brown already coached the 
<laughs> Sam Cassell plus 700. Steve Clifford plus 700. Kenny Atkinson plus 800. Terry Stotts, old friend, plus 1,200. Mark Jackson. Please, please do it. <laughs> plus 1,800. Just think, you wouldn't have to ever listen to him again. Stan Van Gundy, plus 2,000. John Calipari, plus 3,300. Yeah, it's time for him to go. Jay Wright, plus 4,000. That's my guy. <laughs> Becky Hammond, plus 5,000. Right, Don't here, do it, Becky. <laughs> here's some here's some ones that are out there. Becky Hammond also just signed like a four, like a four or five-year deal um, for the Liberty, right? Phil Jackson, plus 10,000. They got him on the list. That's incredible. Mike Shashevsky plus ten thousand. And here's one. Bet online. Bet online. Just they're pushing their luck with this one. If anybody puts money on this, maybe we should we could get him to call one of those numbers if you have a gambling problem. It's a LeBron plus fifteen thousand. LeBron James to be the Wait, next. Really? Head, I, I was just kidding. To be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. If you feel strongly about any of those, go check out Bet Online. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game from local experts like us. Analysis everywhere. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Last night of the season, we're going to do an NBA playoff preview with everybody. So make sure you tune into that one for sure. All right, Isaac, let's talk about this game a little bit. The Mavs do get the win against the Detroit Pistons. And goodness, there are so many fouls called in this game. This was maybe <laughs> Chuck Cooperstein said it was the ugliest first half that he's seen the Mavs play this year. I said, man, that's pretty high praise for a <laughs> for a half that we've seen a couple of bad first halves this year. They combined for uh, 45 fouls total in the game. They combined for 70, no, 69 nice. free throws, free throws in the game. And uh, it was just ugly. It was just ugly. There wasn't even that many turn. Like there was twenty turnovers in the game, but it was just an ugly game where just nobody could do a lot of stuff. That that, that Pistons team is very physical, really, really physical. You got Isaiah Stewart, Beef Stew down there. He's physical. I like him. Cade's big. Sadiq's big. Like Isaiah Livers is kind of a, you know a big wing. Killian's a big guard. Like they just got a bunch of big bodies that are like they're they're, they're like the Mavs right now, and that they're big, but they're also small at the same time. And uh, but yeah, it was just a, it was a rough and physical game for the Mavs, and they just end up finding a way in that second half by hitting a bunch of threes. I'm not going to lie. There's not too many times that, I mean, we we obviously talk about the NBA for, you know, part of our living every day. There's not too many times that a player takes the, the floor that I'm like, I've never heard of you before. Well, this year it's been the most all-time because of, <laughs> you know, the, the COVID, like, 10-day hardship, you know, all those. Jamorco Pickett. It's the first yeah. time for me. Yeah. Shout out to you, bro. Don't know who you are, but um, yeah, I missed some of the first half. My son was having a little allergic reaction, so we were tending to my son. But in the in the third quarter, um, they turned it on. You know, I was looking at yeah. some stuff at halftime, and like, man, we're really sucking as far as shooting the ball. But then they turned it around because they end up shooting for the game forty five percent from three. They hit fifteen threes in this game, and just seeing the third quarter numbers, that, you know, from this game. Um, I had it right in front of me. Dang it. Dang it. Here we the go. Third, the third quarter, they yeah. shot five of seven from three, 34 points. They were 27% from three in the first half. So they finished yes. at 45. They really turned it on. Five of seven from the three in the third quarter. Reggie hit, you know, two of those threes. Dorian had three. Um, shout out to the Marquis Chris I three. I apologize that you felt that he should have played more. <laughs> uh, the, Mar- the Marquis Chris three was insane. Loved Martin's- it. 
Luke, okay, it was one it was one of those moments in the third quarter where Luca was dribbling the ball. He's holding on to it a little bit too long, hadn't really decided, didn't really call a play. Cade Cunningham was containing him on the on the right wing. Pistons fans love that fan, moment. It was like the Pistons fans woke up. It was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden something is happening in this game. And so they all of a sudden all got really 17 excited. 17 of them there. It was like, did Ben Wallace come back? Like, did, did Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince, like, did Chauncey Billups come back all of a sudden? Um, Dennis Rodman make, make an appearance? And they were all just <laughs> so excited Rowan? about that moment. And, and Cade was playing really good defense. Like, not to, he know, was not yeah. trying to crap on all the, on the Pistons. Right I now. love Cade, by the way. I think he's, I think, I think he should win Rook of the Year. He's really good. He played, he played good defense on that possession. So, but Luke, it gets hit out of bounds. And the Mavs have like not a lot of time left on the shot clock. Marquise Chris gets the ball with like, well, I don't know what, 35 feet out. And he just nails this shot from, from so far away. Buckets. Uh, but no, I, I love that shot. And, I think if we just look at the game as a whole, it's freaking Jalen Brunson. 27 feet is what they called it. Um, whatever. Tack on a couple more feet. <laughs> Jalen Brunson in this game, 24 points. He was a plus 22. Uh, had a handful of assists. Six rebounds in this game. Nine of 15. Shot 60% from the field. If Detroit liked him before, they really like him now for this <laughs> offseason. <laughs> Yeah, you want to put another guard next to Cade. If they're talking about building their offense, put another guard next to Cade that allows <laughs> they, him to... Pistons be like, I don't like how Dallas is building around Luka. Signs Jalen Brunson. Well, let's get Jalen Brunson. We love Jalen <laughs> Brunson. <laughs> but he, he he is sort of the player that they want. Doesn't have to be ball dominant. Can play off. Can handle the ball when you know Cade doesn't. Um Cade can play off the ball a little bit more than Luca can. Cade does hit his catch and shoot threes, and so uh, they can do that a little bit more. Also- I think I think those will come around for Luca. Get Luca playing off the ball a little bit more. I think it's more of shock factor now. I still, I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, if you're not if you're not taking catch and shoot threes for the first three seasons of your career because you're playing <laughs> with you know. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, gonna... <laughs> make the case. Let's, I thought Jalen Brunson played played well, and we've seen this against against these you know these bad teams. Uh, the Pistons have been pretty frisky. They've been a good defense over this last stretch of the season, but I thought he did well. He played patient. He was aggressive. Uh, nine, yeah, nine of nine of fifteen from the field. That's good. Got to the line three times, which is positive. That's a big positive for him. And well, yeah. And to go back to that third quarter real quick. They shot 82% from the field in the third quarter. And this just goes back to we've we've kind of had this like mini narrative going along through the, through the season, especially as of late of how many times do the Mavericks have kind of like a weird first half and then they come out in the second half and it's third quarter. And it's like they clamp down. We yeah. talked about the halftime thing when they said Dorian to address the team. Like We've talked about this over and over again that this is what good teams can do. And it's like, hey, we know we had a bad half. Let's get our crap together at halftime. Let's come out here in the third quarter and we're going to turn this thing around. And man, they shot the lights out 82%. I think I thought I saw on Twitter that Bobby Crawley joked that it was the highest shooting percentage and then Mavs PR was, actually was not right. <laughs> yeah. They, they tweeted back with the actual stat on it. That was higher than the 82, but they just killed it. They flipped the switch again in the third quarter. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, the Mavericks got their 50th win. And I think the last time that they they shot really well was 2014. It was when they got their was when they got their their 50th win. Uh, it was a game against Utah. Mavs got their 50th win first time since 2015. They got their 50th win. Let's play a game, Isaac. Ooh. Okay. Where were you? Game. I don't have any. Do I have, let's play a game. 
That doesn't sound like game show music. I don't have any game show music on here. I should. Hmm. This is an intriguing let's, moment. Let's play a game. Where were you the last time the Mavs got 50 wins? Put it in the comments. Let us know. Let us know on Twitter. Where were you? What were you doing the last time the Mavs got 50 wins? You want to read the comments live right now? <laughs> I was breaking up with my last girlfriend. I was <laughs> I was in my old house. I was living in a different state. Uh, <laughs> those are the comments. No, where were you? I was so uh, we're just doing 2014-15 season or 2014-15 like, season like 2015 so, this is like April of 2015 what's Isaac doing yeah so my wife and I we had we moved to Dallas in April 2014 so uh we'd been married like six months I guess at the time and moved to Dallas uh really big step of faith for us and I knew I wanted to go to a seminary get my graduate degree god we're going down the hill here but um but yeah, we basically quit our jobs, took a bunch of money out of our savings account and said, God, you got this. Mm. And uh, we moved to Dallas and we were sitting in our apartment with boxes around us and we started crying. We're like, what did we do? We moved <laughs> to a state we didn't even know, but we knew we uh, we felt strongly that God was leading us here. And so, yeah, that was 2014. So we've been in doubt. 2015, spring 2015, we've been here a year and I was in seminary getting a master's degree. She was working. And I think that's when I first started writing for a blog, mm. The Smoking Cuban. Oh, shout at, out. At Fanside and just having fun because I love NBA basketball, but I didn't have NBA basketball in Kentucky. So uh, I was always just fans of players growing up and of Dirk and different guys growing up. And so now I was like, man, I got the Mavericks like down the street. I lived downtown. We lived downtown for three years. And it's like, let's do this. And uh, the rest is history. Now, now we're like full on Texas. We feel like we're, I mean, this is home now for us. We've been here eight years and we don't plan on leaving. I was still at Christ for the Nations Institute. If anybody knows what that is, I was is like, there. Is that like Arkham? I was there uh, with my wife. We had been married for, we got married August 2014. So we had been married for just about the same, same, did you, when did you, what's your anniversary? We got, we got married 2013. <laughs> oh, so you'd been married longer than six months. Fall 2013. I'm man. People are loving this moment right now. Fall 2013 is when we got married. So we moved like six months later in spring 2014. Let's play the, let's play the time. Remember the timeline check, game. Isaac check and Nick your attention rate right on this pod. Isaac and Nick try to remember their anniversaries. I had not even started um, covering sports at all yet at that point in my life. So for those of you that are sitting there saying like, ah, oh, I want to cover sports, just start, man. Just start. Start working on it because I wasn't doing the last time the Mavs got 50 wins. I wasn't even doing anything in sports. And here For we real. are. And, and a lot of times when you start, I mean, I feel like we do get this question or this DMs yeah. and different stuff like, hey, I want to do this. And like, man, passion is just going to lead so much of it. And yep. Yeah, I just love the game. To do it. Yeah, and I just started randomly just writing for I just reached out to a blog. I'm like, can I just write something about the Mavericks? And one thing led to another. And then I'm credential a few years later and then i'm writing for the mavs team site and we're you're calling me after a john legend concert asking me if i'd do this random daily podcast with you we barely knew each other and we barely knew each other and we we've done we had done one podcast together and like hey would you want to do this and i remember sitting in the car asking my wife i'm like you think this is something i could do like i don't know let's just see if it would work you know every night it seems like a lot yeah and uh 
now almost six years later. <laughs> well, we push in like 200, 2,000 episodes now. The vibes are immaculate. All right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. Josh Green had a really good game. He's had a really good couple of months here. Let's talk about his role a little bit more and then get into uh, the rest of this coming up. But before we do... Are we taking another ad break? Dang. All right, cool. Well, we don't <laughs> read, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Talk about Josh Green coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. So, Matt, we didn't have any ad reads. Sorry. Sometimes you don't have any. Oh, that was incredible. Still had to take the break. Still had to, <laughs> still had to take the break. This, is, this podcast has gone off the rails. Completely off the rails. So I should have done li- the- If you like this pod, put it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> put it in the comments on YouTube. If you like this pod, if you enjoyed this, uh, because I know if you hated it, you've already told us by now. You've already put a comment on there of like, these dudes are idiots. Less map, more maps. More <laughs> maps. Less God talk. Stop talking about yourselves. We hate you. I know we uh, hate one of you, not the, not both, but we hate one <laughs> one or the other one of you. Really yeah. couldn't stand when Isaac was talking about his anniversary date. I know. <laughs> Josh Green, I thought had a really good game in this one. Josh Green played 21 minutes. Yeah. He hit two threes, seven boards. He had an assist. He had a couple of steals. He ended up with 12 points in this game. Josh Green, since January 7th, that was a Houston game. So if you listen to the post game, Harp was talking about, you know, since you've really gotten some time here, that Houston game January 7th was kind of the first game that he got some real run here. He's averaged about six points, about three rebounds. One of those per game is an offensive rebound, which is huge. Josh Green, every time he's, he hits out one of those offensive rebounds, it's a big moment for the Mavs. Uh, about an assist a game, 51% from the field. He's shooting 39% from three mm. in this run since January 7th. Uh, and he's taking one and a half per game. So not a ton, but he's still hitting the ones that he's taking. Playing 18 minutes a game. That's eighth on the team. And he's played in 42 of the Mavs, 42 games. And the Mavs are 30 and 12 in this run. Josh Green. He's really changed what I, what I thought he could be in, in the NBA, I think. I, I, at, at certain points at the beginning of this year, I just thought, man, he's done. Two, he's been through two coaches and neither of them believe in him. And now it's just... He's got some stuff, right? He's got some stuff that he can be part of a rotation and we can see the Mavs continue to start trying to develop him a little bit more, keep hitting those threes, keep being just like a chaos agent on defense. Uh, He's got a role. Yeah, I mean, and it's the irony of it is they went against Sadiq Bey tonight who went one of 11 from the field. (laughs) And, you know, this is a guy that we've talked about the Josh Green, Sadiq Bey stuff a lot. We, We knew, like, Dallas, a certain percentage of the front office liked Sadiq Bay. A faction Bay. in the front office wanted Sadiq Bay. A faction and wanted Josh Green. And the Josh Green faction won out. And then did lost that play and then into lost it, And then lost in the end. <laughs> um, we were really hyping up Sadiq Bay going into the draft. We really liked him. I was him. our number and, one guy at that, at that um, spot. And it was, you know, a little, little sourced. But we actually did like him, too. Of We knew the Mavs liked him and stuff. So, you know, obviously they went with Josh Green. And I'm just happy for Josh Green because it felt like that first season, him just getting buried with Rick. And even when he did play, it was kind of like deer in the headlights that really didn't know what he was doing, his role. And like, man, did they really just whiff on? I mean, I know it's the 18th pick. It's not like it was the eighth pick, but still. It was more that they had like the 18th pick. They had the 31st pick and the 37th pick, and they didn't get a single player out of it. Right. That's what it felt like. You know, at the beginning, it's like I had three picks in that 2020 draft and really didn't get anybody like no viable rotation players. That's what it felt like at the beginning of the season. You know, Desmond Bain went 30th in that draft. He played down the street. Oh, at TCU. Yeah. Yeah. TCU. 
That's not Dallas, by the way. That's Fort Worth. So I'm just, I'm happy for him. And I just want to see, it was kind of on yesterday's pod. If you missed yesterday's pod, listen to yesterday where we talked about like the big questions going into the playoffs. And that was one I threw at the very end of, I just want to see what he looks like in the playoffs. I want to see if he proves that he belongs, that will he get a shot? Will he have a long leash in the playoffs? Will he, I mean, what will his minutes look like? We know playoff rotations look so different. And especially with Kidd, we don't know what that's going to look like. Right? Rick sometimes wanted to go deep in the playoffs. Will will Jason Kidd hold, you know, make it a tighter rotation, seven, eight players? Or will Josh even be in that? So I think he will be in that. I just I want him to show that he belongs. And right now he's showing that he belongs. And I'm happy for him as a player. And Late it's the- big for the Mavericks too, because he's under that cost control contract. Late in the game, the Mavs were up by like by like double digits. They're up by like ten points or so. And they went super small, right? They went with this lineup with Josh yeah, lineup. With, with Josh Green as part of this this super small lineup with two guards, the two wings, and then Josh Green. And stood out that the Mavs went super small in this lineup and they, that Josh could play in this and that Josh can still defend and he can do all the things that the Mavs need him to do. And uh yeah, it, it's just standing out to me. I need uh, we need a name for the Bertons Dorian uh front court because <laughs> that I mean that's their that's one of their small ball lineups that you know we've seen them throw that out there with Dorian at the five and shout out to Davis Bertons three threes in this yeah. game he he's a sneaky like a sneaky X I don't even know if we can say X like Y factor into the playoffs of why <laughs> can can like let's say these next two games they have two games left Portland on Friday San Antonio coming up over the weekend, last two games. Let's say he goes into those games. He's going to play in both of those games. Let's say he hits two or three threes in both of those, goes into the playoffs. He looks like he's like feeling good shooting the ball. I mean, if if Davis can come off the bench and hit two or three threes in some of these moments, like that, that adds a little something to this team that is, you know, we don't have off the bench. And I thought I think it'll be very, very interesting. That if Maxi continues to shoot as bad as he is, and Maxie let's say Bert for this game, yeah, he was out for this game. I'll be really curious that I, could you see a moment in the playoffs that Bertons passes up Maxi and Bertons is playing instead of Maxi because they just want they're more confident in him shooting the ball in the offensive end. No, I don't think we we haven't seen any indication of that in in the regular season so far. It's been that we are like it doesn't matter if Maxi shoots zero of six from three. The the Mavs are and Jason Kidd has, continues to have continues to have faith in him and just would rather take the defense of Maxi, the rebounding of Maxi, yeah. the playmaking of Maxi. And just if he's shooting threes, at least he's going to give him a little space, right? He may not hit them, but True. at least he's going to give him a little space. Now I want to give credit to Davis Bertans. I've seen this a little bit from, from some people on, you know, Reddit and Twitter and things like that. Davis Bertans defense has been better. Like he has not just been taken mm-hmm. advantage of. He has not just been, you know, like a traffic cone. He's not just been fouling all the time. Now he does foul, but, um, <laughs> He's been better defensively than he was billed. Uh, getting some boards, had a couple of assists in this game. He's he's every game. It seems like he's getting a couple of assists. He's been a little bit more usable of a player, uh, even when he's not just straight up hitting, you know, bombing from three. Yeah, and I thought he played well tonight. And I'm just, I'm really curious to see how they use him in the playoffs. I don't think he's in the rotation, but could they find some minutes here and there for him? Or let's say they're down and the like it's time for the second unit to be in. I could see them putting them in and saying, hey, we, we got to have some type of can Bertons get hot and hit four or five threes in a game. I could see it. And shout out to Theo Pinson back tonight playing in this game. Got some minutes towards the end. Hey, you played a, a lot more in those 2011 
playoffs than I remember. And we, oh, we, yeah. We've watched those games recently, but he played. Over and over, yep. And <laughs> we've done the finals <laughs> flashback like years in a row, like five years in a row. Well, um, we watched that whole Lakers series. <laughs> what a great series, by the way. <laughs> those first three rounds, like the whole Western Conference rounds, he averaged 21 minutes a game, twenty almost 22 minutes a game. Like, dang, yeah. you forget that he was playing a lot. You forget um, he was a problem. He was a, a page of problem. <laughs> Standings watch. The Mavericks are now a half game back from the Warriors. If the Warriors lose their next game, so Warriors' next couple of games here are um, they play against the Lakers. <laughs> that team is dead. So just, uh, unless something incredible. crazy happens, there's no way they're going to lose that one. LeBron's and just going to set these games out, right? Or is he going to try to get that dumb title? Uh, scoring I think title? so. I don't know. He could get the scoring title back, but. Uh, but yeah, and then then they then the Warriors play Saturday and Sunday, so back to backs against the Spurs and Pelicans, who are bo- who are only one game apart right now, Ooh. and are are jockeying for play in like home court in that play in game. So that's that, the only thing they have to play for because they've both clinched it. They, they both, both clinched, know they're yeah. playing each other, and they're both and nine ten. They can't get to eight. Yeah, so it's really about who's just going to host the game, right? Like can can they can still move within nine and ten, right? I think so, yeah, because they're they're one game at, uh, difference from each other. But uh, and then the Mavs have Portland and then San Antonio as their last two games too. So the Mavs have to win those two games. The Warriors have to lose one of those these next three games. Anything can happen. They don't have Steph, so yeah. I think that Pelicans game is going to be yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, that's what we're going to continue to do, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with some more. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Oh,